typically, like three days a week, I'll wake up in the morning, I'll do a coffee enema. A what? Coffee enema. Have you ever heard of that? I've heard of an enema. So this is an enema <laughs> with coffee. <laughs> I was like, I didn't know that coffee was. Yeah. You mean when you drink it, you have to go? Because that's everybody does that then in the morning. So it's a totally different mechanism when you do it in an enema. It basically goes through your portal vein right to your liver, and your liver produces a bunch of glutathione. It like dumps all of the bile. Hold up, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute, pause. Okay, about a coffee me, enema, Alex. I got to reverse real quick. Here we go. Coffee, so I know what an enema is. I know what... You know what an enema Okay, we know what an enema is. And so you put a coffee enema in the place that an enema goes. Yep. Every morning. Three, two to three times a week, I'd say, on average. And that just releases, just it's like a detoxifying? It's a huge detoxifying routine that's, it sounds crazy. A, it sounds crazy. B, most people are like, no, I'll never do that. I am looking at you a little differently. Oh, yeah. I, didn't, I don't mean to. It's just what ha- what happens in the brain. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. So. Wow. So most people have that reaction. And then if you if you ever try it, I'm, I, I guarantee you, you'll be like, wow. Now, this is part of the holistic approach as well. This is part of what you teach anyway. Yeah. We, we teach other people. Not everyone's open to it. And we're not going to, like, bang our head against the wall and, you know, try to force them to do something they don't want to do. Yeah. Yo, what up world? It's your girl, Kelly Howard, here sharing my personal experiences on how being petty almost ruined my life. Yes, all those petty ways and consuming my precious days just in petty thoughts just, ugh, why he packed like that? Why is she looking at me? Is she? Can you believe she coming on my post saying XYZ? Did what? Just pettiness. Just all consuming. And I know you want to be less petty too. Don't you, girl? Well, check out these bars. Hey! Be less petty with your time. Okay. Be less petty with your mind. Be less petty with your blame. All that petty shit is love. Hey. Be less petty with your friends. Love first. Make amends. Be less petty with your life. Be less petty with your wife. Okay. Be less petty with your mom. Be less petty with your job. Be less petty. Be less petty. Be less petty, baby. Body aches, migraine, chronic illness, anger pains. All it comes from is being. Petty. I'm telling you now, Uh you don't want to do it. Nope. Cause that petty shit will have you in ruin. Social media, yep. Yep. Be less petty there. Mm -hmm. Cause all them petty comments ain't gonna get you nowhere. You don't even want to be petty. I feel it. You just doing it. Cause it's socially acceptable, but don't nobody want no more. We want to move on to a new time where we can love and spit these rhymes. Like what? I want to love everybody, but is that even possible with this pretty behavior? I don't know why I start singing. It was just in me. Now my ears are ringing. My ears are Hey, 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 welcome back, y'all. It is your girl, Kelly Howard, and we are here on Be Less Petty, the podcast. Um, And as you know, for season two, it's all about being less petty about health. Um, And for this particular episode, I have some amazing guests on to talk about natural 
pathy, natural path. Is that how you say it? Naturopathy or natural naturopathy. Yeah. I was missing an O in there. Okay, naturopathy health, which is a little bit different from what you guys may be familiar with. So we're going to talk to them. They're from Haven. Um, I have Alex and Colby joining me, the founders of Haven. Correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. In studio, I always make sure that I'm on the right path when I say correct because I don't want to misspeak. <sighs> I will misspeak for somebody. I do it for my husband daily. I, I tell him this is what we saying, but it don't be the truth. So yes, we have them in studio and we're going to get in deep about some really cool natural ways to deal with a lot of the health stuff that we face um, as people in this world. So hey, welcome. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for coming on the podcast. So your practice haven is here in Chicago. It is. Yeah. Is this the first and only location so far? First and only. Hopefully more will come, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. The universe brings you what you request. That's right. You requested to be on a podcast this year. <laughs> Look where you are. Uh-huh. This happens. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys started this. You went to school together. If, 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 if I read that on your on your bio, right? That's correct. Yeah. And so who came up with the idea of starting this um, haven? Who? Both of us, I would say. Yeah, it was... It really grew out of, because we, we talked about working together, and mm-hmm. we actually grew up together, Oh, which is pretty cool, yeah. Okay, so you guys are just long best friends from, like, years. We haven't been best friends our whole life, but we grew up together. Uh, we were on the same Little League team. You know, we lived, like, two blocks away from each other. We are in different grades, so we weren't super close going okay. through high school and stuff. Okay. But went through the whole program together, and I didn't know if, if we could work together or not, honestly. I mean, just we have different personalities and, you know, I wasn't sure if we'd like talked about it kind of casually, but uh, it it really grew out of our own, our conversations where we were so on the same page philosophically about what we're doing that it just seemed like such a natural thing. And honestly, the fact that we have different personalities, it works perfectly for the business. So yeah, it's been great. Because some people do things and complement it in that way that the other person. That's what marriage is, I think. I think when you get uh, with somebody yeah. that are complete opposites, it works. Yeah. Yeah, it can, can complement like each other. So tell us what you do exactly. You guys are both doctors, but not like in the sense of going to an ER or something like that. It's a little different, right? You want to talk about our education? Sure, yeah. So we're both NDs. Naturopathic doctors, so it's NDs, yep. So our education, it entails a four-year program, and it's about the same hours in terms of classroom hours as as MDs. However, we're trained just as as an outpatient setting, so we're trained really as a primary care, so not in in that emergent care setting. Okay. And that's post, like after your bachelor degree, you have four additional years. Yes, ma'am, yep. So it's... um, in terms of our practice, it's really unique in terms of that we offer individualized programs to help empower people to realize they can heal themselves. That's the baseline underground of what we do. And so what that entails is an individualized nutritional plan, individualized supplementation plan, and individualized lifestyle plan for you and how you can transform your life and realize that you can heal yourself. Okay, now you say heal yourself. I have multiple sclerosis, mm-hmm. so I can technically heal my own multiple sclerosis and not take medicine for that anymore, or is that what you mean? Tech, yeah, theoretically, yes. I mean, we, we really believe that anything's possible when you uh, approach the body naturally and holistically. Now, 
that's not to say that there's not a place for medication and that there's not a place, you know, like everyone has their own journey, mm -hmm. but anything can be healed. We, we at least go on that assumption and we'll see how far we can go. Do you guys deal with medicine in any way aside from supplements? Yeah. So, you know, we were trained in understanding pharmaceutical medications and in some states, naturopathic doctors can actually prescribe drugs. Oh. So we have to know about that. A lot of people, you know, will learn about medication so they know how to wean people off of medication. So m most patients that we see, they're on some sort of meds. So we have to understand that. And you have to, yeah, yeah. So now you, what made you out of MD and in, did ND just seem easier? Like, was it like, oh, this is a, a, a quicker path or was it something personally within you that was like, we're tired of, I don't know, traditional medicine killing people, <laughs> essentially? So for me personally, I was always interested in medicine and I was considering going to medical school, but I just, it didn't resonate with me and I kind of fell out of that, um, that, that idea, that path. Um, and then I learned much more about, you know, natural ways of living and eating and didn't even know that naturopathic medicine was an option until I found out about it. And then it was like, wow, this is this is perfect. I think many people that we went to school with have personal negative experiences with conventional medicine that leads them down the path. You kind of have to be a black sheep to, you know, to go down that path. Yeah. The, you know, the numbers are like something like 250,000 you know, medical doctors to like 5,000 naturopaths, you know, oh, wow. if not, if not more. Um, yeah. I think it's more like a, like a million to five to 6,000. Yeah. Some, yeah. So it's crazy. Yeah. So it's, I, you can see culturally, like, you know, more and more people are getting on board. I mean, most conversations that we have with people, like either they shut down because it's just not in their paradigm and, and they, you know, are very much aligned with the mainstream of conventional medicine but many people are like, oh, wow, that's really cool. I have a cousin who has this. I have this. You know, when you talk to people on like a grassroots level, many, many people are getting more interested. So, um, yeah. That's and was that the same for you, Colby? Or Not quite. So I, I was blessed that my dad's actually a chiropractor. So it was his second career choice. So he actually worked for my mom, who actually kind of owned a third-party pharmaceutical company. Okay. It's kind of, a, it's kind of a long story, but it was great the sense that my parents were involved in the pharmaceutical industry, and so they kind of saw firsthand what was transpiring. This is like late '90s, early 2000s when that industry was exploding. Yeah. So I remember like we were going on cruises, going to the Caribbean, and it was all being paid for by the pharmaceutical industry. Wow. And through that experience, my dad's dad actually died in the hospital of a medical error. And so my parents, which give them props, is that they ethically couldn't stand behind her company anymore. And so my mom and her partner sold her company, which my dad at that point was actually working for my mom. Mm -hmm. So they sold the company, and my dad went back and became a DC or a chiropractor. So then my family, ever since that time, we saw an alternative healthcare doctor as, as our primary care. So I was exposed to it from a fairly young age, and I was always smart enough, and I always knew I wanted to do something in the field. And then when my dad went to school, he kind of exposed me to what an ND does, and the rest is history. Because chiropractor is kind of sort of the same thing as like an ND. Like they're not considered doctors or something, like you know, since because I went to like my regular doctor and was like, I had a I had migraines for like ever. Ever since I was like 15, I had migraines all the way up into 
literally last year. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking those kind of migraines that shut you down where you can't do anything, you can't function. Um, I was trying CBD oil. I was trying everything. I had tried all the medicine. I mean, it had gotten to a point where I would pop eight Excedrin and nothing would happen. Like my, my body was like, no, we don't. That's not going to help you. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so I started seeing a chiropractor. And a chiropractor is who worked me through that, like those muscles and the tightening in my jaw. He told me to stop chewing gum and all of these other things that I would have never considered. And then when I went to my doctor and she was like, well, how's the headaches? I'm like, oh, I don't get them anymore. I started seeing this chiropractor and she was like, well, you need to be careful with that because they're not considered actual doctors. And blah. I said, yeah, but he made the headache go away. So I don't care what you're talking about, (laughs) but I'm no longer taking that pill you had me on, that daily pill that, oh, by the way, also caused suicidal thoughts. No longer doing that. Because he healed me in a way that was, in my mind, unconventional. Like, I wouldn't have thought to go to a chiropractor for that. I would think spine. That's mm-hmm. the only thing you think when you think chiropractor is, like, your back, mm-hmm. you know? So that's it's pretty cool. The chiropractic medicine has a similar philosophy. And, and everyone kind of practices differently. It's when you get into the alternative health field, it's like a very mixed bag. You know, in conventional medicine, there's, like, a, a very rigid standard of care and how you do everything. Mm-hmm. And that's that's good for some for some kinds of things, you know, yeah. like surgery. Like you want to make sure that that's done the same every single time. <laughs> for like, sure. There's not people who are, you know, like taking shortcuts and like getting a little creative. It's yeah. like, you know, this is how it's done. This is the anatomy. Do it this way. Yeah. So that works for a lot of things. It doesn't work for, for many other things. And when you get into alternative medicine, like one chiropractor you see down the street is going to be different from someone practicing right across the street, you know? Right. They say that trying to get naturopathic doctors to agree on something is like trying to hurt cats, <laughs> right? So so we, in alternative medicine, chiropractic, uh, chiropractic doctors have a, a similar holistic philosophy on how the body works, but it just depends on their own kind of frame and, you know, if they're going to just be adjusting your spine and just treating the structure or if they are going to be looking at, you know, the deeper imbalances and correcting those. And many chiropractors do. Yeah, they do. He put his finger in my mouth. Yeah. Like that's deep. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like literally. <laughs> he had on gloves, but he put his finger in my mouth. Did it help though? It did. So, it, hey. it worked out the muscles in my in, jaws in that TMJ. I didn't even know were tight. Like I didn't even know that I was. And he was like, you got to stop chewing gum because it just enhances the tightness of those muscles. And I was like, what? And so now every time I chew gum, it's like literally for like 10 seconds just to get the yeah. moistness in my mouth. And then I'm like, you're done. <laughs> he was probably doing trigger points on all the, the TMJ muscles that are in your, you know, you can only access them through your mouth. That's really cool. He's doing yeah, that. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. And then like acupuncture and all of that is considered non-traditional as well because, but it works. It like, I don't know, it creates this deep relaxation um, that yep. helps you heal in ways that medicine just cannot do. So that's pretty dope. So what are some what are some of the the cases that you see the most? Like when I think about natural healing or the body can heal itself, there has to be things that you guys come across as more common cuz do you have like a lot of cancer patients? Do you have people with these really chronic illnesses coming mm-hmm. your way or is it more There's a there's a couple things that are that are very common. Okay. Um autoimmune conditions are very common. So like MS, lupus. Yep. Hashimoto's, RA. Those are those are conditions that are a rheumatoid arthritis. Correct. Okay. Yep. Okay. Uh, those are conditions that are fundamentally an environmental cause, and 
the only good answer to that from a conventional perspective is to suppress the immune system, mostly. Is that what the medicine does? Typically. I mean, there's different medications for different conditions, but when you get something like a, like a serious autoimmune condition where the person's immune system is just going haywire, you know, there's not a good, res- there's not a good answer to how to treat that besides just take a bunch of steroids or you know, something to keep the immune system down. And that's only going to last so long. So a lot of autoimmune patients will be on meds being treated for a couple decades, and they'll get to the point where they're going on higher and higher doses of meds, side effects are getting worse and worse, and their pain is creeping back in. Now, do you think that's because they only take medicine and don't actually change other components? Because what I've noticed is I take medicine, but I've also changed how I eat. Like, I don't eat inflammatory. I'm very cognizant of inflammatories and stuff that I know will trigger relapses. Exactly. It's not it's not about one or the other. You know, with every case it's like some people need meds like now because yeah. like it's too serious, yeah. right? So you you get on medication, which is great. It makes the it puts the problem at bay, but the real root cause of the problem is environmental like lifestyle stuff like diet. Yeah. So you correct those underlying problems. And slowly you can wean off those meds and eventually get off of them. But you must change your environment, which means changing your behavior, changing your mental thought patterns, changing what you're putting into your your mouth, all those things. So you guys are like doctoral life coaches, basically. That's, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah. you're like <laughs> you're telling people this is how you should eat, this is how you should be. This is a, do you work with the emotional or mental aspects of oh, it yeah. all, like meditation or introducing ways like that? Of course, you have to, oh, right? Yeah. I mean, it's the the term holistic, right? You we we approach both the spiritual, mental, emotional and the physical bodies. So those all three or four depending your approach and how you view that, it's all part of you as a person. Right. So if if we aren't addressing that, we're missing a huge portion of what you know what the person is experiencing. I think that's what really separates us and what separates holistic medicine as a whole is that we treat individuals. We don't treat the diseases that they present with. Yeah. So when you treat somebody, you're really understanding them as a whole because to understand the way that they view themselves, for example, maybe a, a direct reflection in their physical body. Right. Right. Now, I don't, I think I read somewhere that this naturopath, natural, say it again? Naturopathic or naturopathic. Oh, naturopathic. Oh, okay. I was headed there. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> naturopathic is not um, typically covered by insurance. So how do you guys deal with that? Is that just in Illinois or is that everywhere that, that they don't? That's just in Illinois. So there's, I believe there's 22 states that are currently licensed. Okay. Which, so licensure happens on a state to state level. So what that means is the state has recognized naturopathic doctors as a primary care physician. Okay. And you can only be accepted underneath insurance if you are a a physician, right? That's recognized by the state. So in those in those states, you can um, go under insurance. A lot of people choose not to, anyways, because insurance companies have their own kind of standards that they want you to meet. Yeah. And. Because the system, really the insurance system is set up for conventional medicine, oftentimes practitioners find that they can't do the kinds of treatment that they want to do because it's, it doesn't follow you know, direct lines yeah. in, t- in terms of coverage. So we can't 
you know, we can't in Illinois accept insurance. We, we probably wouldn't anyways. You know, we're doing three-month-long, like, immersion programs. Got it. And that's, I mean, what's the insurance coverage for that? Like, I don't even, I don't even know how that would work. So what does that emergent program look like? So if somebody came to you, out, I'm, I'm coming to you. I have multiple sclerosis. Mm-hmm. What, what do I do? What's my steps? So the first thing that we would do with, with all patients is a meet and greet. And we say, okay, so what, are you, what have you experienced in the past that has led you to come to us. And the person would talk about, you know, how they developed their condition and things that have happened to them and what they've tried that hasn't worked. We talk about how you're presently feeling and then your future of, what is your future gonna look like if you continue to experience this? Mm. You know, like, where's that leading you? And then conversely, like, what do you want your future to look like instead, right? If you didn't have the condition. So we, we really want to set that frame to under, so that people can really get a, a broad sense of like where they've been and where they're going. Right. And then we talk, you know, we talk to them about what we can offer mm-hmm. and they decide if they want to do that or not. It's a commitment. Yeah. You know, it's definitely a commitment. It's like when you're doing this kind of healing, this kind of medicine, in, in, in conventional medicine, and by the way, like I definitely don't have when I talk critically about conventional medicine, it's, it's a br- I'm painting with a broad brush and there's many, 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 many things that it's very effective for. Yeah, for sure. So it, we're mainly talking about chronic illness. People aren't getting better with the conventional stuff, right? So uh, there's a lot of responsibility that you have to take on as the patient in order to treat yourself holistically because it means you have to change. Yeah, I was wondering that, too, because I was thinking, like, just in my own journey over the last, you know, seven years, I've implemented, you know, meditation, I've implemented writing habits, I've implemented certain ways of eating and just trying to really, but these are all habits. These are things that, you know, at one point, it was perfectly fine for me to make some Jiffy cornbread and eat some fried chicken and be okay with that. Macaroni and cheese on, you know, Christmas was the best. Like, these are things that I look forward to. And I've had to retrain that to a to a point where when I go over to my mom's house, she's now cooking food to accommodate me because she's like, she's not going to eat that. She's not going to eat that. And that is like, um, how do you deal with that with a, with a patient? Because that is literally a mind shift that has to occur. Exactly. And you can see why we must ad- address the mental, emotional components of that because it's all wrapped up in, this, in, in the way that you're experiencing your life on a day-to-day basis and the decisions that you make. So it's a, you know, it's challenging for sure. And the only way that we're able to help people through that is by doing it in our own lives. Like right. I was we, just going to say, so you guys eat like super clean and we try. I mean, and, and we're human you beings. You didn't even accept my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I drank coffee earlier today. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you, you implement it in your own life. So what is your, what is, what does your life look like? Give me a day in the life of Alex and then a day in the life of Kobe. Like, what does that look like to include food? With food. Yeah. With food. So, um, Food is a huge part of my life, so I spend a lot of time preparing my meals. Um, yeah, like s- cooking for the bachelor party, which is weird as fuck. But so you did I it. was actually, I was actually <laughs> because I used to go on these trips with my friends, mm-hmm. and they would get like cheese, cheese puffs, and like hot dogs, and I was like, "We're not doing this." So I took on the role as being the chef. So the the bachelor told me like you're the head chef for the weekend so I like plan the meals and stuff oh that's so cool right? yeah so you're that friend <laughs> I'm that friend yeah exactly exactly so um you know every day for me isn't perfect like I'm not like super rigid but okay but 
typically like three days a week, I'll wake up in the morning, I'll do a coffee enema. A what? Coffee enema. Have you ever heard of that? I've heard of an enema. So this is an enema <laughs> with coffee. <laughs> I was like, I didn't know that coffee was yeah. like, You mean when you drink it, you have to go? Because that's everybody does that then in the morning. So it's a totally different mechanism when you do it in an enema. It basically goes through your portal vein right to your liver, and your liver produces a bunch of glutathione. It like dumps all of the bile. Hold up, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute, pause. Okay, about a coffee me, enema, Alex. I got to reverse real quick. Here we go. Coffee, so I know what an enema is. I know what... You know what an enema is. Okay, we know what an enema is. And so you put a coffee enema in the place that an enema goes. Yep. Every morning. Three, two to three times a week, I'd say, on average. And that just releases, just it's like a detoxifying? It's a huge detoxifying routine that's, it sounds crazy. A, it sounds crazy. B, most people are like, no, I'll never do that. I am looking at you a little differently. Oh, yeah. I, didn't, I don't mean to. It's just what ha- what happens in the brain. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. So, wow. So most people have that reaction. And then if you if you ever try it, I'm, I, I guarantee you, you'll be like, wow. Now, this is part of the holistic approach as well. This is part of what you teach anyway. Yeah. We, we teach other people. Not everyone's open to it. And we're not going to like bang our head against the wall and, you know, try to force them to do something they don't want to do. Yeah. Because it's all about empowering people and, and giving them, you know, tools. So for me, it's a tool. And, wow. I lo- and I love doing it. And like, you know, if I eat something bad, like at a restaurant, I'm like, ah, oh, it doesn't sit well. I can do a coffee in the morning. And I'm like, good to go. Okay, cool. So we do this coffee in a minute morning. What is your next step yeah, after, after, after you blow out? <laughs> what is the next step? <laughs> so uh, usually I'll do, um, I, I prepare grains in the morning to so eat. So like quinoa? And so stuff? I'll do oats typically, and I'll get steel-cut oats, and I'll blend them at night and soak them in apple juice, which, which takes away all the enzyme inhibitors and makes them really soft, and I'll eat them raw in the morning. So then I'll usually have breakfast, do like raw oats, and then I'll do like a green drink, um, trying to get like, you know, the most nutrient dense foods possible. That's the whole game. Sometimes a carrot juice. Um, and then, you know, typically there's a lot of like commuting time and stuff coming out of Chicago. I'm living in the suburbs now. So like days are busy for sure. Um, but oh, also I forgot cold showers in the morning for sure. Why? Because they're amazing. Not all cold. So you can do contrast. So you start off with warm and then you end with cold. What is the health benefit to that? I need Because I'm like, I need to know that there, because I'm hot, fiery yeah. hot, like burning skin hot showers. Yeah. So, I mean, you're not going to be able to go all the way cold, like, from day one, but you can work towards it. What and, does it do, though? So, uh, a lot of things, right? So, um, when you do hot and cold contrast, it makes the blood and the lymphatics pump throughout your whole body. So it like moves everything significantly. And when you introduce cold, when you expose yourself to cold water, your metabolism has to kick on high in order to heat your body up. So your metabolism increases, your detoxification increases. I mean, when you do, when you do that, it feels like you drank a cup of coffee in a really good way. And all the blood goes back to your organs to, to bring heat to like what's most important. So actually it'll heat you up ultimately. So if you wow. get out, you're cold, but all the blood is in the middle of your body in where all the organs are, right? And you're like viscera. So it's, it's, it's actually very warming. Do you, okay, quick, quick. <clears throat> Alex's girlfriend is in studio. Do you take cold showers too? Is this like part of your thing? Yeah, I do. I've, I've adopted it. Colby, are you? 
cold showers all day. All day? <laughs> all day? <laughs> okay, does that have anything to do with, I wrote down constitutional hydrotherapy. Is that the same concept? Similar concept. You want to, yeah? Sure, I was going to say, yeah. I mean, it's a similar concept in the, in the fact that it's hydrotherapy. So you're using water in a therapeutic fashion to get an outcome what you expect. But it's not cold shower. But it's, it's, it's using hot and cold towels with stem, both on the front of your body and on the back of your body. And again, that contrast. So you start out with hot and with cold. It allows the body to detox to a high degree. With stem. What is that? With stimulation. So like oh, electrical, like e-stem. Like have you ever been to like a PT where they've used stem on your knee, for example? Sine, like a sine wave. Like through like an electrode that's put on your body. Oh, I have had I've had some electrode. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow. That's okay, really cool. so back to this day. So you take this freezing cold shower. You first you do a coffee enema. <laughs> then you <laughs> and then you eat apple sauce, oats. Oats soaked in apple, apple, apple juice. juice, which makes them soft and you eat them raw. Raw oats. Correct. Okay. Then you have a green juice and you take a cold shower. Mhm. Mm and then you do what? And by this time, I'm... You're wired. You're ready I'm, for life. I'm loving life. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to go. I mean, I could see that, like, getting you <laughs> charged in so many ways. I mean, it's it's really cool. Like, in all seriousness, it's, like, such a ritual that, like, you start off your day like that, and it's, like, I'm good to go. You have to have a great day after that. You can't have... You can't go downhill from... Exactly. Apple oats. You can't. Do, you can't. <laughs> it's just impossible. Okay. So now for somebody that is now the shower part, obviously everybody can do. In fact, if you have less money, it's probably easier to do a cold shower than a hot one. But for people that are like financially um, rigid, I guess you can say mm -hmm. eating healthy has been a, a problem because you know, healthier foods, unfortunately, cost more money. Mm -hmm. And so even like steel cut oats, right, are more expensive than like regular and... oatmeal you know mm -hmm. what i mean it really you can buy the six-pack box for 250 but steel cut might be like seven dollars and so i've even noticed that in my own food journey how do you what do you suggest for people that are trying to follow these same practices or be a little bit more healthier with their intake but money is tight what what would you i would say the biggest thing is going to be eating whole foods which means you you buy a food and it's one single ingredient only like oats not cheerios which is like oat flour with sugar and soybean oil and a bunch of you know in, enriched like synthetic b vitamins um it's buying things in their whole form potatoes beans rice these are all things that are extremely cheap now, rice, for you. rice, we've gotten a little bit of uncertainty around whether or not it's an inflammatory or a bad food. What are your thoughts on rice? You say that. Yeah. So th this is actually a really interesting conversation. This could be like a whole podcast, but. About uh, rice? Uh, well, about what food is, is good for what people. Because okay. with rice, it's like, why, is, why are, do some people say it's inflammatory because it's a carbohydrate? Uh, well, I've just read online. I mean, it's, it's a huge component in my life because my husband's Asian. Uh -huh. So every dish is rice, rice component, and I've had to supplement it with um, quinoa. That's typically what I do. I just make quinoa so that I, because I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if rice is something that is good or not. I know yeah. wild rice is considered a good good one, but white rice, which is what we typically, jasmine or yeah. basmati or sticky rice, like those things. So there's there's so many factors, but with, so with white rice, for example, um, 
that's typically what they're doing is they're taking the bran off of brown rice and the bran has lots of fiber and lots of nutrients in it. So you're really stripping a lot of nutrients when you're eating white rice versus eating brown rice okay. or wild rice, which would be a more whole form, right? It's like the difference between white flour and like stone ground wheat flour, where the to, to make like stone ground wheat flour, you're taking wheat kernels and you're grinding them and then you're making, that's your flour. Versus white flour, they strip all the bran off of the wheat, which has B vitamins, vitamin E, you know, minerals, and it makes it so it's shelf stable, but there's no nutrients in it. Is that why it's done? Because it lasts longer on the shelf? Because it lasts longer. But what oh. happened when they started doing that practice, like in the you know early 1900s, is that kids everywhere were getting extremely ill because they were eating tons of white flour and there's no B vitamins in it. So they actually had to add back synthetic B vitamins, which is when you read the back of like many white flour products, it'll say enriched and it'll have like thiamine, riboflavin, different synthetic B vitamins they had to add back in because the population was getting ill because there wasn't enough nutrients in the in the food supply. Wow. So the, all, all these kinds of conversations is what we have with all of our patients, which is like the food industry is complex and the goal of eating food should be eating food that's nutritious for your body and getting all the nutrients that you need. Wow. Right? So something as simple as rice can be a complex topic, but like many people would say, oh, don't eat rice because it's a carb and carbs aren't good for people. Well, that's not true. Yeah, no, that's not what I was getting, that it was yeah. a carb. I mean, yeah. I was getting more so that it just wasn't, like, white flour just was I mean, not white flour, white, white rice. rice just wasn't good for you. People were like, it's not good. It's bleached or whatever and whatever else comes with that. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to do quinoa because I know that this is cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, this yeah. is decent. Yeah, so white, that, that's, that's probably why people say that is because it's stripped of its nutrients, white rice. Okay. Yeah, it makes it really digestible and really nice to eat, like with sushi and stuff. But overall, there's not much nutrients in white rice. Okay, so let's try to finish your day real quick. Yeah. So, and so you've taken this cold shower, and then now, what is your? What else do you do? What do you do for your 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 mental space, like your health? Yeah, that part of your day. Yeah. So, um, the biggest part, the the biggest ritual I do for that is self reflection. So I'll journal in the evenings, not every night, um, but uh, journaling practice has been has been a powerful practice for me. Uh, talking about what I'm feeling honestly with myself, you know, it's very challenging to do. It is. So you're feeling some emotion. Yeah. Like you're you're angry or you're feeling like insecure about something. Yeah. It's like, well, what is it? Why? Why? Yeah. And like, don't beat around the bush, you know? Don't try to justify it away. Yeah. Like, name what it is. Or if you do, just get back to the point. Yeah, because sometimes you can beat around a bush and justify it, and then look at the justification like that's some bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. be honest with yourself. Is that really why you feel this way? Exactly. Yeah. 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 So that's been really powerful, and, and I'll uh, I'll keep a dream journal as well. I'll write down my dreams. My husband does that. Yeah. His so powerful. Has him doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of the a lot of the like self reflection work happens in the evening. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I just had a podcast right before you guys came in. I was recording. I do this thing called a solo cast where I just get on and I talk to my audiences about things that I've been struggling with in my own life. And um, this last month, I've had like a lot of emotional struggles and I've had to come to terms with like, I'm actually 
emotional around the fact that my daughters are going to college this year. Like, I've been saying, like, fuck them bitches. Bye. Peace. I can't wait to get my life back. You know what I mean? Like, 18 years of raising kids. I can't wait. But honestly, there's a lot of emotions there. And I'm like, oh, my God, they're leaving. And then I was like, well, am I sad about them leaving or am I sad or am I sad that I have to get honest with myself mm-hmm. with what I've been doing? Because the reality is I can easily make an excuse around why I can't focus on the things I want to do in my life, my career, what I have going on. Because I'm like, oh, well, I have these kids. I'm, I'm raising kids. I have this family. But once they leave, can I say that anymore? You know what I mean? Like, how can I rely on those excuses? I have to really just put in the work and do whatever it is that I'm trying to do and stop lying to myself essentially you know and so I had that like self-reflective moment on the podcast where I was just like oh this is really happening that's really powerful too to to take a situation that seems external to yourself and actually reflect on how your your own personal behavior or or your own personal like the way that you're understanding the situation is based on, on things that you're going through internally yeah, I think that's with every everything. That's with the everything, whole concept exactly. of be less petty is be less petty with our time, space and energy because everything points back to self. Everything. Like what when you get into an altercation with somebody or you feel some type of way towards someone, it's because you feel some type of way towards yourself in regards to that person. So if somebody that's angry makes you angry, it's because you yourself is dealing with your own anger and you can't you, you haven't been able to articulate that to yourself. And so you rather point it out to that point person and say, you're this way. But no, that's not the case, which has been very beneficial for my marriage, might I say. Because every time I'm ready to point my finger at him, I'm like, uh-huh. what am I really feeling about this? Unless it's something just ridiculous, like him leaving socks and shit everywhere and the dog gets him and eats him. And then I can't find him when it's time to wash and he wants to yell at me for not having socks like that type of stuff is your fault but <laughs> yeah. most things it's it's like oh what what part am i playing in this and i think that's essential to us building a more interconnective society where we can work live and be without all this you know shit that's happening because if we start reflecting on how we show up right then we can show up better <laughs> we can just say oh how am i how am i showing up to this situation versus saying Alex is showing up to this situation like this, and that's the problem. Right. Exactly. And I think one of the the first process and the first thing to do is have that self awareness. Yeah. So you, the only you can make a change. The only way to do that is to be aware of what's happening currently, and it's one of the most challenging things. And I think one of the things that we talk to our patients about is accepting that process and allowing that process without without putting any sort of hatred or any sort of judgment upon yourself which is the most challenging thing to do so for example the conversation you have with with your husband you're aware and you recognize that you're upset but instead of putting that that negative thought within yourself and starting to judge yourself just accepting it and becoming aware of it Mm -hmm. that allows you then to take the next step and have the conversation with them for example yeah so that's the most challenging part and i think in my own life that's one of the most challenging parts that I find is the constant judgment towards myself when you become aware. Yeah. And then you become aware of your own self-judgment. You're like, damn, I talk shit about myself every day, all day to yeah, myself. Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, shit. Like every single, you know, I'm just driving over, driving over here, for example, and there was a guy that cut me off right away. I'm like, fuck that guy. And you instantly get mad. I'm like, whoa, like why am I getting so mad at him for something? What if his wife's in the hospital? What if his dog just got hit by a car? 
You no, have, or what if no. he's just an asshole driver? That's also true too. Because I'm an asshole driver, and I know that I I do I cut people. I do shitty shit all the time, and I'd be like, "Fuck, that person hates me so much." But I get what you're saying, though. It's like you never know what somebody else is going through. So to internalize what just happened is a waste of energy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I would add too. You know, with let's talk about chronic disease, right? It's really easy. I'm sure you have a whole story about when you were diagnosed. Mm-hmm. And and the whole process you went through because it's it's very easy when you get a diagnosis to immediately become a victim. Yeah, you know what? I think that I got lucky. Well, I don't want to say I got lucky, but I've dealt with a lot of like I got diagnosed after I had already lost two living children. Like I've I've been through quite a bit in my lifetime, and so I had gotten to a point where I was able to see a situation for what it was and not directly like embody it to a point where I'm like, woe is me. Like the victim hat for me has never been an available option. And because of that, I always look, hence the podcast, hence ways to figure out how to be more self-aware, more self-reflective, more in control of how we show up in the world. Because it's like, yeah, somebody that has never been through anything, that's been entitled their entire life and don't, don't have to question anything, it's easy for them to say, hey guys, just be happy. But for somebody that has been through quite a bit in my lifetime and I know that nothing has been handed to me, it's so easy for me to throw on a victim hat and say, Mm -hmm. well, if this hadn't happened, then this wouldn't be happening. So when I think about the multiple sclerosis, I started to look into the emotional and the um, psychological components of that disease and how people tend to. And it comes from like the only thing that they can kind of put together with why most people get that disease is like childhood trauma extreme stress in the childhood, extreme stress stress throughout life, you know, and it all goes back to stress. It all goes back to stress, stress, stress. Like that's what I see in so many of the studies. It's like, oh, stress, stress, stress. So then I was like, oh, okay, well, then how do we put this disease at bay? We manage our stress, right? (laughs) That just makes, that makes the most sense is to just get control of how much stress I'm allowing to control my day. And for a long time, like with the negative self-talk, I was allowing stress to control me, really, in so many situations. But focusing on the self-awareness and the self-reflected, it's like when things come up, if it feels stressful, then I start to immediately question why, what, how, who, you know, what, what, what can I do differently within me having nothing to do with anybody else to control this situation. And I try to do it very kindly to myself because it is easy to beat up on ourselves and say this is your fault or why would or why are you this kind of person mm-hmm. that's very easy to do is to think something's wrong with you for feeling like that guy was an asshole for cutting you off now you're a bad person for feeling like that was an injustice and i don't think that that's accurate you know what i mean like no he did a shit thing and it sucked in a moment it probably frustrated you now to hold on to that and think about it 10 blocks away is the problem but to acknowledge it in the moment and say that was shitty yeah and then be like okay well maybe he has to want to go yep and then you keep it moving you know what i mean and so yeah i've spent a lot of years years getting to this point of just feeling like there has to be a better way you know what i mean and so i think that's the definition of self-healing and and empowerment is you feel something and it could be an emotion it could be a physical sensation of discomfort like Mm -hmm. you're bloated it could be anything and you take that sensation, which is your body trying to communicate to yourself, and you do something about it and you investigate it. So many people, they're like completely detached from what's happening emotionally, physically in their body. So like, you know, 
it's just not available to them and and it takes a lot of work like you've gone you've done all that work you've had all those experiences you've had to work through that yeah so that's what we teach everyone i mean that's that's the whole game the whole game is like becoming aware of yourself yeah and making conscious decisions to affect the way that you feel physically mentally emotionally and spiritually to be more in alignment with health and nature and who you really are which i guess if they're coming to see you at that point they've already gotten to some point of self-awareness where they're willing to take on that feat because i mean you have to be in order to be able to do what you guys offer you know you have to be disciplined yeah and yeah but I, i also think that we see quite a few patients who don't know how to get to that point and that's when they seek us out because yeah. they they know that there's something else out there because what they tried has not been effective so like well there's something else out there and you know these, these individuals or the alternative healthcare field as a whole is another option for them yeah that they hopefully can find success in okay now let's talk about your day i want to know because are you coffee enema up in the morning too is cholemias that... Col- what is that cholemias <laughs> Cholemia? It's similar to a coffee enema, but it's a little bit different approach, but it's the same concept. So whether it's a coffee enema or, or cholemia or a dry sauna or running outside. What's a dry sauna? Just when you go to the gym and you, you sit in a sauna, but it's not steam. It's the, just a dry sauna. Oh, it's just hot yeah. sauna. Yeah, 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 yeah. I tend to avoid hot anything because of the MS. You know, sure. your so body temperature, you yeah. start freaking out. Yeah, yeah. but the whole concept of all of these is to get the toxins out. Your body's producing toxins not only from the environment it's absorbing within the body, but also within your body's own process it produces toxins every single day. That's yeah. the cell's job, right? The cell cells take in what they're supposed to and then they excrete out what, you know, what they're supposed to as well. So your yeah. body's producing toxins every day. Uh-huh. So if you aren't doing an active job, especially within the environmental toxins that we're exposed to every day, if you aren't doing a good job of getting rid of those toxins, then eventually what's going to happen? The toxins are going to build, 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 and then the body can't do what it's supposed to do. Yeah. So that's the whole process with everything that we do in terms of that aspect of it. My main reflective exercises is, is, is in the morning. Mm-hmm. So meditation, exercise, I use that as a meditation as well. So when I'm in the gym or playing any sport, just being aware of my body through that whole process of, you know, moving your body and becoming aware. Yeah. A lot of times we're in the gym or we're doing some sort of exercises and we have our headphones in, blasting. We aren't even aware of what's happening and we're putting our body in a stressful state of exercise, right? Exercise is naturally adding a stress to the body. Right. And people aren't even aware of that. So I use... Does that make exercising counterproductive when you're not as aware? In in my personal opinion, then a lot of the times you can be using exercise, even though it's beneficial for your physical body, not necessarily beneficial for the emotional, spiritual body. Okay. Yeah. And we had this conversation actually yesterday with some patients was that some patients use exercise or use becoming fit as even though it's a positive thing to do for your physical body, the reason and the rationale behind of why they're utilizing that is actually, you know, to prove to the rest of the world or to prove externally that they have self-worth. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, it's crazy. But, again, when you become aware, you recognize patterns throughout your whole entire life. Yeah. So exercise could be one pattern. The way you communicate with your mom is a similar pattern. Whatever it is, yeah. it's all it's all different patterns that if you become aware of them, you can understand those. Right. 
So then you do what else in your day? So then we work usually, you know. So oh, that's, you just yeah, work? yeah, that's, that's time to work. So, mm-hmm. but in terms of food, you know, we all—I mean, Alex and I both, and I think everybody in this path was similar to you—is that you have to, if not make almost all of your food, if not all of it, right? You can't consistently go out. So part of my day is surrounded upon what I'm going to make and what I'm going to consume in terms of food. Yeah. So you probably bring your lunches and stuff like that just because it's yeah, I difficult to order decent food nowadays unless yeah. you pay $1,000 per plate. Yeah. I, I, I still need to work on bringing my lunches because it's challenging. I mean, it's all, this work is challenging no matter what. Like I have to work on my exercise routine because I don't have a good exercise routine. Yeah. Because, you know, you get the commute. I can make up any excuse I, I want, you know, in terms of time. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, we try to practice what we pe- preach in general. Because it seems fraudulent not to. Like it's been, When I started the Be Less Petty podcast, I would just talk about all these great things that people can do, and then I'd be like, but I'm not doing any of them. You know what I mean? And it's like, what? Like, how, yeah. do, I, how do I say that these things work or even that you know it's made a difference in my life if I'm not including them in my life? Uh, so, exactly. Yeah. I mean, people can feel that right away. You know? Like, if you're confident and you know and you've been there, like, people know that. Yeah. So I guess we've kind of talked about the detoxification and supplements because that will be, well, what is, sup- let's, let's uh, divert real quick to supplements because that's not just the same as the coffee enema, right? You guys Correct. prescribe yep. more. Coffee enemas, seriously, again, some, some hot topic. Huh? It is. It's just, <laughs> I've never heard of it before. And it's like just in, it's in my brain. It's in my brain to Google immediately after this podcast. So that's yeah, why I guess, yeah. <laughs> I guess it keeps coming up for me because I'm just like, what? Yep. Like. This is crazy. Uh, my husband could probably use it. He gets, yeah, whatever. Um, so, <laughs> so when you talk about supplements and stuff, um, yeah. what are some things that you suggest right off the back when you see somebody that they should probably start implementing into their, because I take like a daily multivitamin, but that's not probably suffice when you're talking about supplements. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's a very good question. So we individualize all the supplements. So there's not one thing that I would say like everyone should get across the board. W- what I would say in general is that our food is depleted of nutrients, period. Okay. I mean, it's like a proven fact. We've been farming the same fields for 100 years uh, plus and not really supplementing them with the adequate minerals that they need for plants to be healthy. You know, they'll... Typically, um, farmers will do like the MPK, I think it is, like the basic basic minerals as a supplement for the soil, but it's not enough. And our soil is definitely depleted of trace minerals. Okay. And, yeah. A better question, Kobe, for you. Mm-hmm. What do you take for supplements? Like what do you personally use? So we go through, at least I went through our, what we do in terms of our first office call, which is the evaluations that we offer to all of our patients. Mm-hmm. And that assesses your mineral statuses and also organs that need support. So currently today, I'm taking a adrenal glandular to support my adrenal glands because mm-hmm. going through school and starting a practice, there's a tremendous amount of stress, tremendous amount of work that goes into that. Okay. And so I am constantly fatigued, which is expected, and I think the majority of our population is. Yeah. And so when you support your adrenal glands, it helps, it helps with fatigue. Not, I mean, not again. These are what not I in personally, every case. yeah. Like, don't of course. go out and yeah. buy adrenal adrenal gland supplements. Yeah, it's which just, yeah. these are very common. And if you know, if you've seen any alternative health practitioner, I would, you know, the majority of them at least have them within their dispensary. And then I also take a when I'm eating a specific meal or eating meals that I know that I don't usually eat. 
I'll take some sort of digestive support to help the GI tract process the food. So, for example, if I'm going on to eat with my family or have a birthday party or whatever, I'll take some digestive support when I'm eating meals that my body's not accustomed to. Yeah. Hel- helps the process along. And then I also take a mineral supplement almost every day that just is like a general mineral supplement to help my body get the minerals it needs because the minerals help provide the enzymes within the body which control all the reactions in your body. And that's what Alex was talking about in terms of our soil because of our farming practices and because of how the industry has changed in terms of the government subsidizing certain programs in terms of all the oils that are now used within our food industry that the soil from when we actually get our food is completely depleted. Yeah. So you, you need to replenish the body's mineral stores to give the body what it needs, the body can do what it naturally is supposed to do. Yeah. And that's to heal and to function. So the the, the whole idea that you, because, you know, doctors will say, well, you get everything you need in your food. That you, If you're eating three balanced meals a day, then you're getting what you need. That's false? 100%. Okay. <laughs> 100%, without okay. question asked. And it's interesting in terms of when most when most practitioners talk about food or talk about the nutritional status of foods, they talk in terms of the macro nutrients, carbohydrates, fats, proteins, sugar, which isn't necessarily considered that, but that's what really I talk about. When we talk about food, when we talk about someone's nutritional status, we talk about the micronutrients, which are the cofactors for all the enzymatic reactions, selenium, and all of those important micro minerals that are within the soil that are actually the ones that get depleted and that are more vulnerable to the agricultural practices because they aren't in that high of content within the soil. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's, it was a lot of big words used in the last <laughs> sentence. Um, so <laughs> how do you guys feel about traditional uh, Chinese therapy? Like, how do you feel about that? Because that, that was also something else that happened after uh, I worked with the chiropractor. My headaches went away, and then they came back, and they were way more aggressive. Yeah. And when I saw the chiropractor, it was like nothing he was able to do. He was like, I think these are psychological. He was like, as much as I'm trying to help you, I don't know where these are coming from. And so I went uh, to a friend that was like, yo, I'm telling you, if you get these herbs, you'll be good. And I went to this guy that didn't even speak English. Like he was talking, it was a translator there talking me through this. And then he wrote down in Chinese on this, in a regular like mead notebook, like a regular spiral bound 70 page college rude notebook, my prescription in Chinese and then gave it to the like counter clerk. And she wrapped up all these different trees and bark and stuff that I had to boil in water and within a day, like the next day, and I haven't had a headache since. And I wow. took those for three weeks. That's amazing, yeah. first of all. What, that's a hell of a story. Yeah, I took yeah. them for three weeks, and I haven't had a headache since then. So. so to answer your question, the philosophy lines up. Perfectly? Perfectly. Okay. So my girlfriend's actually an acupuncturist, and we will chat a lot about like the intake and and the patterns that are seen in Chinese medicine. Uh-huh. And when you approach the body holistically, right, you, you look for similar things and, and you look for similar patterns. So those herbs that you were given, they were not given because you have migraines. They were given because of an energetic pattern that that practitioner found in your body. And those herbs were good for that individual pattern because 
10 people come in with migraines and there's 10 different patterns. Yeah. Right. So it's very different from, and people can give herbs in a, in like a, we call it green allopathy. Allopathy is like conventional medicine. Green allopathy is like giving herbs for diseases. Okay. And that's done all the time. Yeah. So you have, you know, uh, you have a cold, take echinacea. Yeah. Right. That's like a, it's like, take this for that. Yeah. So that's not what we do. And echinacea is apparently bad for MS. Because it, I read that recently and I was like, oh shit, I almost drank some of this tea. <laughs> yeah. The, the reason why they say that is because uh, echinacea is an immune stimulator. Oh, okay. And, and I, I don't necessarily agree that like you can't stimulate the immune system if you have an autoimmune condition, but that's why okay. they say that. Yeah, but um, if you're treating the body holistically, then homeopathy and Chinese medicine and other holistic therapies, um, they all have the same kinds of perspectives on looking at the body, which is basic pattern recognition, individual pattern recognition and balancing out that particular pattern, whether it's nutritional, structural, energetic, right? You're, that's, that's treating the individual and not it's the disease. so unfortunate how much of a capitalistic society we live in because the stuff works. Like I've tried so many non-traditional ways of doing things that is not covered by insurance that I've had to pay out of pocket. You know, it's like, what the fuck? Why not just cover this because this thing worked? That other thing that you're paying for, insurance, didn't. You know what I mean? So You should invite us on again and we could talk about this for like two hours. Yeah, we're approaching an hour right now. <laughs> having like, And we're getting into the deep stuff now. It's like, God damn it. I should have been asking these questions earlier. Um, it's, it's so interesting, too, because I met with the energy. I'm all about like Reiki, energy healing, like all of those uh, chakras, like all of that stuff. I'm into it deeply. And I met with... Um, Another person who I had to be translated for, a Latina woman, uh, didn't speak any English, only Spanish, and she, like, heals the body from a really interesting, like, I had to bring eight um, brown eggs, and she, like, rubbed the eggs on oh, me. And, I've done that before. And, like, That's, like, shamanic healing. Yeah, and, like, cracked them and put them in bleach, and I had to throw the bleach, the bleach egged out, like she wrapped it up really tight and was like, throw this away, away from your house, nowhere near where you'll be. Like, this is energy that needs to go to the tribe. And she like, it was so wow. interesting. But one thing that she said to me was, um, before I even said anything, she was like, um, she, well, she didn't say, but the translator was like, you're dealing with the illness. What is that? And I was like, oh, yeah, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. And then she said it as I was saying it. She was like, that's not that's not true. And like the energy healer was like, she doesn't have that. And so whatever she's taking for that, tell her to stop taking that because that's not true. And I was like, well, the di doctor diagnosed me and it's on my MRI it's showing that I have lesions. This is something that, you know, I mean, I don't want to. And I was too I, I'm too afraid to just stop taking my medication for it because I did lose my vision in my left eye a year ago from having stopped my medication. And so I'm like, I don't want to risk just stopping my medication because the energy healer told me that I don't have this disease. But I was wondering, like, where does she get that from? Like, energetically, how could she have decided that this was something that I'm not suffering with? Or maybe it's something else and that's in that they don't know what that is. Yeah, that's really interesting. It could have been just like a like a translation thing like she's saying oh you don't have that which to me could mean like it's not caused by what you think it's caused by like it's caused by something else maybe so there's there's 
it's not MS isn't really the problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little bit different way of looking at it. Um, a lot of chronic illnesses like that can be gray. And I'm not saying that your diagnosis is, but um, if you're if you're not, I guess, if you're not open to like finding out, well, could this have been caused by, you know, my dad abusing me or something? Right. Like it could be that. It's like so like it's not MS. You see what I mean? Yeah. It's like trauma. Like that's the real thing. So it could have been just like a translational. Yeah. Like, a, you know. Like lost in translation. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. It was crazy. I was like, "What? I don't have MS. This crazy. I've been spending all this money and taking all this shit, and it's." But then I was like, "I can't go off because I'm." But I also deal yeah. with the traumatic instance of things too. I see. I I just recently actually stopped seeing an EMDR therapist. Do you guys know uh, what that is? Yeah, I've done I that just before. I just stopped that last week because she was like, "Kelly, you you're good. Like, we don't. I don't need you to keep. I mean, unless you want to keep coming back, but I think we're good for now." And and I was like, "Okay, but I don't." I've always been healing. I don't know what I don't know what to do with my time if I'm not <laughs> seeing a therapist and trying to heal, you know. And so it's it's interesting to, to I guess, be on the other side of getting my shit together. You know what I mean? Emotionally. Yeah. But oh, yeah. I've tried so many different it, therapies. It sounds like it. Yeah. A I've lot tried of people lot have. Of stuff. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people kind of like, you know, really investigate once you open the door. So, so, you know, I don't know when you opened the door. Probably you've been opening the door throughout your entire life. But sometimes it takes a diagnosis for people to be like, whoa. Yeah. To start, like, really seeking. And then you, you know, find <sighs> all these things you haven't done before. So, um, all right, we're going to have to wrap up here because we're hitting an hour. And uh, I really, really enjoy talking to you guys. This is... Went by quick. It, it did go back quick, and it's it's so hot in here. I don't know if anybody else is feeling this. Are you guys feeling this? I'm, a, I'm hot. Yeah, I saw you were like, yeah. like Conrad, he was like, and um, I'm dying, but I'm going <laughs> to finish stating what I'm trying to say. It is definitely hot, and I think if we turn on this fan over here, it will hear it on the podcast, sadly. Um, so I'm going to ask this last question, and then we can wrap up, and you can give us an idea of where we can find you and um, – any discounts or anything or any type of info you're trying to offer people that are listening? If there are no discounts, I'll cut that part out. So don't worry about it. Don't be like discounts. We weren't thinking about discounts, um, but yeah. I can cut that out if, if need be. So pastoral medicine, is that basically everything we've been talking about or how is that? Because I saw that on your website. Mm -hmm. What does that mean exactly? You want to talk about it? Sure. Yeah. So as Alex did it before, because NDs aren't licensed within the state, we practice actually under a pastor, pastoral medical license. And it's just a way for us to protect ourselves and for us to give the therapies that we know patients deserve and that patients can get the best results. So it's a private, basically what it is, it's a private association that if you become one of our clients, then you basically sign up through us for the pastoral medical association. And it's just it's just a way for us to protect ourselves long term, but also for a way for us to not be influenced by the care that we wish to give our patients. Oh, OK, because I had Googled it and it was like spirituality. And I was like, oh, this is like it so, so really that's, does mean like pastor like that because that's the first thing when I was like pastoral. I was like, oh, like a pastor practicing medicine. That's it, what I thought. It's, it's more like religion, like you as a patient have the religious freedom to seek out services that you want. Oh, so okay. it's 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 like that's kind of the way that the organization like protects alternative healthcare providers is through like religious freedom. 
Interesting. Yeah. And I lied. It was one more question. Um, so for a person that is, like we talked about before, couldn't afford like your care or something like that, right? Somebody that is really looking to start getting themselves together and what whatever facet, whether they have like a, a chronic illness or they're just feeling low in energy and they just want to do better. What is the first suggestion you'd give somebody to changing that about like, what is the, the thing that you'd say? And I'll ask you individually that way you guys can give your own opinions. Uh, I'm going to start with him just cause you have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> I'm going to start with Kobe. <laughs> what do you, um, what would you suggest if somebody was like, man, bro, I really want to get myself together, but right now I just ain't got it. What, what is something I can do? Learning or attempting to make your own food instead of eating out, instead of eating at McDonald's or KFC or wherever you're going to eat quick meals that are actually cheap, if you make your own food, it's actually, it's, you actually save money long-term, mm -hmm. even though it's more effort to put in. Okay. And then you aren't getting the additive chemicals that are within the fast food supply chain. That's a great, that's a great suggestion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that he said learning first. He was like learning to make, like, because I don't, <laughs> Eat. Yeah. Like I just, I just rely on my husband to provide, and he's out of town today, so I just won't eat. It's fine. <laughs> just, it's won't there's a such, there's a such thing as fasting. Can I not fast today on coffee and kombucha? Can I not do that <laughs> today? <laughs> Fasting's great for you, right? I'm just fasting. Yeah. <laughs> but then I have the kids. I'll feed them cereal. It's fine. Go yeah. ahead. What would you suggest? So um, I would I would mimic Colby for sure. Nutrition is like is paramount. Um, I would say developing some sort of self-reflection pro pra practice or process Okay. because the emotions that you feel every day um, and the things that trigger you are so powerful in affecting even your physical health, like any physical disease that uncovering those um, and releasing them can lead to enormous um, relief from yeah. any problem you're experiencing. So many questions. Okay, last question, I swear. So when you say a self-reflection, for somebody that is not self-aware, that has no, which I don't think they'll be listening to this podcast, but either way, somebody that has no idea of what self-awareness looks like, they're not even, Yep. what is the thing, what is like the simplest thing you tell them to start being mindful of or to start doing to get to a better self-awareness practice? Um when you experience negative emotions or positive emotions, write it down and write down what you're thinking. What are your thoughts? That's simple enough. Yeah. Yeah. What are the thoughts that you have during that moment? I one, feel like you want to yeah, say something. Yeah, I was going to say, one time in our, in our education, I had a patient through our school, and one of the things that I recommended to him was to spend five minutes a night, write down his day. So just journal about your day. And he was a very masculine man. So for him, that was challenging to even yeah. take that five minutes and record what he was thinking, what he was feeling, what, he, what even he did throughout the day. But then I told him to take that piece of paper that was in his journal, rip it up, and throw it away. Oh, nice. So just by starting there, he didn't have to even go back and reread it or anything. But just by starting a place and giving, I think when you make the conscious effort to give yourself a time. Yeah. So whether that's five minutes in the morning to say, this is my day. This is what my day is going to be like. And at least taking the two minutes, the five minutes, the 10 minutes, whatever it is for you as an individual to make that conscious conscious choice, Yeah, that's the start. Nice. 
Well, thank you so much, Alex and Colby, for coming on and talking to us about all of this naturopathy. Mm. Naturopathic, right? Oh, like, man, that word is just not (laughs) clicking for me today. It is just not um, naturopathy. Did I say it right? Yeah. That was great. Great. Perfect. Even if it's not, you're just going (laughs) to let me have it at this point. Um, Yeah. So thanks for coming on and talking about all these things. Uh, Where can people find you, uh, whether online, website, or social medias, whatever, um, if you could let them know that. Yep. Best place I would say is start with our website, havenholistichealth.com. Okay. And you can read up about what we do, and our phone number is on the site if you want to give us a call. We also have a Facebook and Instagram as well. So that's attached to our site as well. Our Instagram tag is uh, Haven Chicago. And we're also offering 20% off to anybody through June. So 20% off of our services, both we offer a nutritional consultation and also part of the package that we were talking about before. That's 20% off to anybody through June. 20% off because you heard this podcast. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly why. <laughs> because you heard this podcast, you're going to get 20, 20% off. Thank you so much for coming in. I truly appreciate it. Thank you guys for listening to this very long podcast. Um, thanks for tuning in to Be Less Petty TV. Make sure to check out the YouTube channel, Be Less Petty. This is not Be Less Petty TV. This is the podcast. Thank you for tuning in to Be Less Petty, the podcast. Make sure to check out the YouTube channel, Be Less Petty TV. That's youtube.com forward slash Be Less Petty TV. And as always, go on my website, kellyhoward.com. Check out new tour dates. I have some amazing tour dates coming up in May. I'm all over St. Louis, Vegas, uh, Minnesota. So make sure you get out and see a live stand up show. Thanks again, guys. And I hope you come back very soon. Bye. A very special thank you to Lisa Beasley, our producer with She Funny, as well as Teresa Stewart. Her company is Colored. She's responsible for all of our new branding and design and cards against humanity for this donated studio space.